Welcome to the Football Fan Show for this week. Sorry we're a tad bit late. Technical problems and the Liverpool game's just finished. So um, I've got to remember that my camera's over here. And there's I've got two cameras, one for Skype, one for the, for the show. How are you doing? Uh, we're with you for as long as possible, as long as my computer holds up, really. Uh, hopefully that'll be 10 o'clock. But uh, it's it's been the opening day of the season. I love this. It's It's the weirdest... Opening day of the season in living memory. Callum Brown joins me. He's a Liverpool fan. He's just watched the opening game between one former Titan and the English champions. Liverpool and Leeds. That match, can can we just get your reaction to that match? Because that match was everything I dreamed of and more. It was a fantastic game of football. And I messaged you earlier just to say, I reckon this Liverpool-Leeds game will (laughs) be a cracker. Yeah, no. Um, I, w- I was I was worried, but then I thought no. It, it I thought we we struggled a little bit, but we we come through. And honestly, one second I'm like almost punching a wall, and then <laughs> next I'm like cheering my head off and running rounds everywhere. So it was a fantastic just, game of football. You know, I'm like that every match. So it was a great yeah. great match. You know, great match for a neutral. But uh, just for, for us, just you know, sitting on the edge of my seat, we do it our way over. For the, for the actual Liverpool and Leeds fan, it was a bit. Um, by the way, interesting fact: that's the first time Leeds have lost an opening uh, day in the Premier League in their in their history. First game back in the Premier League and they lose it. They've never lost on the opening day, even that season they went down 16 years ago. Never lost the opening day of the season uh, until today, until Liverpool came along. Um, I heard Jurgen Klopp say before the game that he was kind of like, "I don't want to play Leeds on the opening day." He wanted it because they were. Because they're coming up, of course, and it's like they're an unknown quantity. They're an unknown formula. And he wanted somebody that he'd already played and tried and tested. But I think Liverpool did all right. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to say that. I think everyone's going to say it because, you know, Leeds were, were, you know, won the championship and they have a set style of playing. And everyone was a bit worried that they were just going to come on. And he had, he had nothing to lose. So it's kind of like, well, we don't know how they're going to play. You know, it's... Um, he knew they were going to be trying to maybe outrun us. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to say that because that's what that's what Jürgen does. He's just a bit, he's just very very humble. Um, and he's Can going I to say just say like the one question I forgot to ask you? Have you come off cloud nine yet? <laughs> that's I the mean, one question I forgot to ask you right at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, at the moment, I'm just still in awe of of Mo Salah because he's the only player who I think he actually played well today. So. Yeah, they were. I yeah. To be fair, Clive Tildley just uh, said that he, when he's. I think it was after the penalty. Him and Cara were on form today. Just some of the best banter I've ever heard in a football match. They were absolutely fantastic. They made me uh, laugh a lot during that match. But um, yeah, I think when he scored the, I think it was the fourth penalty, the final penalty, the fourth goal, and they were like, yeah, they they sing his name. He's probably the best player, but there are other names and he probably doesn't get the appreciation although I would have said that he does get the appreciation he deserves I mean it's it's kind of hard because you, you look at some people I mean it depends who you talk to it's, you get your certain groups who are like always oh, you know one season, two season, one day and we're just sitting there going you know have you seen how many goals he scored for us and, that, and so many appearances and how many assists he gets From, and he's, you know I know he plays he kind of comes inside so he's an inside four but he's a winger and he he's not meant to be getting those kind of goals and those those numbers, so I I think he's honestly I think he's brilliant, and I'll even admit myself that 
there's times when I see him and I go, oh, you know, he's, he's too selfish to ball, or you know, he, he should be scoring that. And but then I see him, I see him some matches, and I think he's unplayable. And I, I think it's, I think it's other other teams. It's, it's definitely other teams because they'll try and, you know, it, it's just a, it's just a thing that other other teams have against us. I think. Um, so, no, I, th- I think I think he's brilliant. Was it brilliant. was it nice to go up to all the Manchester United, Manchester City, um, Everton, all Everton fans especially, at, at the end of last season, you just go, you know what, guys, it's been fun. No, they would. They would. I mean, I don't. I don't know that many. I mean, to be honest, any you know, my family anyway, any sort of apart from me, my uncle, but the uh, like mum and nan and granddad, like they, they were just fine with it. It was fine because they just wanted to do like, oh, it's trophy come back to the city. You know, they lose kind of Everton fans who fine, and then you see some of them, um, like like the aforementioned uncle who is <laughs> I can't even I can't even hold the biggest Evertonian. Let's say that that's the polite way yeah. of putting it. He, he's a type he's a type of fan who will seriously see he'll want to see his team get relegated for any kind of minute amount of success comes to Liverpool. Like it's not that he supports Everton, he despises us more. He just yeah 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 yeah. Um, oh. I will say that uh, it was it was nice to see Jurgen Klopp win the league title. I don't think there is a better manager in the Premier League. That it, by the way, we're we're doing uh, uh, the show tomorrow night, where the discussion is going to be uh, who is the best manager in the Premier League. Uh, we got a few guests on tomorrow. Simon and uh, Matt are on tomorrow. Uh, Going to go through the Sunday results as well. Um, I was going to say, like, Jürgen is just, I think, even if Liverpool, and you do get the tendency to get the English football fans that don't understand Liverpool to just go, oh, it's Liverpool. I don't really want them to win because, you know, they had all that success in the past. And it's kind of funny that they don't win, or it's funny that Kasper Schmeichel won a league title before Liverpool did. You know, that kind of stuff. I think yeah. generally there is a lot of support and goodwill towards Jurgen Klopp. And when you get the kind of fan that's kind of like, oh, I don't want to see Liverpool succeed because they're Liverpool. But then you get those same fans going, actually, I quite like Jurgen Klopp to succeed. I think I'm a little bit like that. <laughs> I, I like Jurgen <laughs> Klopp. Um, but because I grew up with a Liverpool fan that always used to go, oh, this is not a proper Liverpool fan, I will say. Um, but um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people that like Jurgen Klopp that aren't necessarily Liverpool fans that probably don't want to see them be successful, but have been... Have you found that kind of... I don't want to say apathy. Is that the right word? To be honest, my thoughts on it are just that you'll get, like, trust me, Twitter's the worst place for it. Um, oh, yes, yes. And you'll, you'll, you'll see, you see fans of other clubs and they'll, they'll use any small amount of thing to try and banter us. Because that's that's the the, the the cool thing in football these days. Trying to get one one up over your any small little thing that they can make fun of you about, and it's it's come from like like even because there was such a, a a period of time where we weren't being as successful. And we you know obviously uh, Man United came up, Arsenal, even Chelsea in the mid noughties So they they became sort of almost the more successful team at that point. So people kind of saying, "Oh, we're not a big club anymore," and we we still go with them. Well, we are because we've still got those 
you know, look at the trophies we we've won. We're still that's still part of our club legacy. Um, so they, they'll try and find anything to, to bounce up. But then you see, like it bothers us more than than anyone. Like the you, you look at the like the, the saying it, and you're thinking, oh, is that direct towards the players trying to put them off a the game? And you look at them all, and you look at Jurgen, and he just he's just not phased by any of it. He's so cool. He, he's cool, he, calm, he's and collected, Jurgen. That's what I mean. Like he, he'll just he'll just go, he'll just laugh about it, and then. The person who says it are just like, ah, oh, right, okay, <laughs> you know, my dad didn't go the way I wanted it to. Like, <laughs> do you want to affect him more than he does? Like, you, you don't see him get sort of like angry at all. Like, like you see him shout on the sideline, and that, but you don't see him like ever lose his call in interviews or, or um, anything like that. So, um, I think, I, I mean, to be honest, they probably just detached from it. Probably don't see a lot of it. It's all on social media, which we all see. Um, and I, I admit, I look at some of it, and I'm just like. It's it's like yeah. you know, Man City fans grasping for anything to try and get one over us. Um, but I just I just look at it. I mean, in terms of like the the biggest manager, and that, I I think there's loads of blame managers in the Premier League. You know, you look at any club and you think they've got. I mean, apart from like, well, I'm not even going to name them, but most most of the managers in the Premier League you can look at and go, yeah, they're decent managers. Obviously, you've got some of the world class ones. I just I looked at it. It showed up on the the match early on Sky of a uh, I don't know if it was net spend but just like transfer spend of the last four uh, transfer windows, and it showed the top six, and we were on like twenty three million. That is pretty incredible. And, what Liverpool have done. And I look at that. I look at that. That's what I mean. I look at that. And obviously, we've done it the way we've always done it, where we spend without our means. So, if you want to buy big. We have to set, we have to sell a big player, which is what with with Coutinho. Um, I, I admit when when he went, I was worried because I'm thinking that's our best player going. But then we bought him Van Dijk, which as I said I wasn't thinking about the price. I was thinking, well, is he where you know, is he that good of a player regardless of price tag? And then when we have the goalkeeper, it was like, oh, you know, and we bought Arsenal in. So and and just those two along with the others we brought in. Within our means, as as secured us, you know, um, runner up in the Champions League, and then second season, winning the Champions League and losing the Premier League by a point nine seven points, and then, you know, the only thing, and I feel, you know, I've been I've been spoiled for trophies the last couple of seasons, but the only thing that I wish we could do, and I, I'm honestly thinking Jurgen wish we could do as well, is actually do a decent like domestic cup run, because we just we just seem to. Not bottle it, just not put the effort into it. I don't I think. think. I think because I, I was talking about this last week, and I said if Liverpool want to retain the league, then they've got to forget everything else. And I just said they've got to play the kids in the EFL Cup. They've got to play the kids in the FA Cup. They've got to get exit the Champions League at either group or last sixteen stage because they've not got a big. I, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, but they've not got a big enough squad. They might stretch themselves thin if they go after all the silverware. So. Surely, it's your priority as a fan, the Premier League, because a lot of clubs win one title and then don't win one for another couple of years. But I personally believe that Liverpool, should they just focus on the Premier League, are good enough to win back-to-back titles. Um, no, I, I think we are. I, I see the, um, I seen all of the, the BBC Sport pundits uh, with their top four predictions and I, I laugh at some of them because most of them have got Man City being favourites 
Now, I admit it'll be up there, but we'll also be up there. And to be honest, you're, you're absolutely right in terms of we haven't, and it's always been our problem, we, have, we haven't got the squad quality in depth. Like, we, we've got world-class 12, 13 players. Mm. You know, our, our first 11 is, is, you know, you can't really improve it. It's just quality, individual quality. And then, obviously, you, you get in, like, the mentality, the, you know, the, the group mentality, now the well you work together. But, it's, to be honest, it's always been a problem. So, I get the whole thing about um, COVID restricting our spending because of... Um, no fans being in the stadium. It's just frustrating. Like if, if we brought no one else in, obviously brought that left back in, but if we brought no one else in, it's it's then all saying well, we're only gonna focus on the the Premier League and Champions League again. Because last season, I think after after winning the Champions League, the focus was always Premier League, no matter what. And then see how we go in the Champions League. The 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 Carabao Cup thing against Aston Villa, that was because we were playing in the Club World Cup in Qatar, like, the day after. Yeah, to be fair, so, that is... Yeah, that's a good point to uh, bring up. Yeah, it was well, basically the yeah. under-18s. Yeah, yeah. it's like the under-18s playing, so, you know, even... even uh, well, well, obviously, he's now Blackpool manager, Neil Critchley. He was our under-23 manager. And that way, I mean, you know, you can't really say anything about that. The FA Cup, I, I don't understand those, because we get... We, I mean, we came up against Chelsea. Um... I think Arsenal was injured at that point. So we had Adrian and that the, the that FA Cup match against Chelsea and second leg of the Champions League against Atletico were I'm not gonna blame all on him, but it was Adrian mistakes that cost us. Yeah. Because I think I think in the Champions League we played well to get through against Atletico and I think if we got through against them and we, we got to this, you know, the mini tournament in August, we could have done well. Like I was just thinking yesterday, like Imagine, uh, you know, if we got to final, um, a, a final against Wolves against Bayern, like, how good that would have been. But it just wasn't to be with that, and obviously no one's going to place the blame anyone, but uh, it, the, the priority was always the, the, um, always the Premier League, league anyway. Yeah. yeah, so at that point we weren't that bothered, but I think, I think what we want to do is just maintain, like, we, we know it's going to be closer this season, no one's going to be out, like to be honest we walked last season because the other teams behind us were just bad I don't think it's going to be that bad it's it's not going to be like if we win it it's going to be by definitely no more than 10 points yeah it's bad. definitely harder to retain the league and I think even with the smaller clubs like say a Leeds United I say smaller clubs I mean the newly promoted club like Leeds United they're not really a small club are they but like Burnley and that kind of club They'll look at Liverpool, whereas last season they'll saw that they'll have seen them as another Premier League game. This year it'll be, well, we need to beat the uh, we need to beat the champions. So let's get a scalp on the champions, and that'll be the conversation that Sean Dyche and every other manager is going to have, and they're just going to make it difficult for Liverpool, aren't they? To be honest, for, for clubs, for clubs like Burnley and those ones that it's a, they're all, the managers are always going to be able to motivate their players against us anyway. Because these is, you know, it it, yeah. it will give them that sort of extra bit of push. Um, I I seen a thing on on Twitter yesterday, and it was um, as I mentioned before the the BBC pundit uh, predictions, and I seen um Jason McAteer on Twitter going just post that to our dressing room wall, because everyone still got us as the underdogs, not as favourites, and that almost in some way works better for us. 
Yeah, um, I was I was looking last week at some of the betting odds, and they were putting Manchester City, and and me and Liam Barry were putting our top four together, and I I, I made I had to make two because I said that if Liverpool just focus on the Premier League, they'll win it. Um, but if they try and spread themselves too thin, then they'll come up short. Uh, so I, I said if Liverpool focus on the league, they'll win. Then it will probably be City. But if they don't focus, it will probably be City. And it depends how far Liverpool get in to like the FA Cup, the EFL Cup, the Champions League. Maybe second or third behind a Chelsea. If That's if they have a long cup run. But if they just focus on the Premier League, I... Just, I, I don't think City have got enough at the back to. I think they'll still pick up some sloppy results here and there, and that'll be that'll be the killer for for Liverpool to be able to win the league. Yeah, I, I, I think I think for our competitors, it's 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 reliant on a couple of things really. Like as you said, with, with City, it's for me, it's always been City. I look for when I see the fixtures, I look for the City games because they they are our main competitors. They're the ones we always have to worry about. Whereas I mean, Chelsea will be dangerous. They're, they're always dangerous against us. It's all depending on how quick their signings gel. And, of course, they're still trying to sort out their keeper. And can Thiago Silva, you know, manage to, you know, organise them into a, a, a good defence? That's still remains to be seen. Obviously, we'll see how they go on, on uh, Monday night against Brighton for that. Um, but i seen, who was it? I think it was Chris Wall or something, but, like, Man United to win there. And I'm like, they've only bought. No, uh, no, that's not happening. No, Chris Waddle's been an absolute jackass there. No, Manchester. United. I know I'll let you finish your point, but I've got to say, Chris Waddle's been a jackass there. Manchester United are nowhere near. They don't have enough quality um, to to win the league. They've got some pretty good players, but they've got good individuals. They haven't got a good team. They don't play like a team. Pogba is out there for himself. But anyway, sorry, finish your point. I just had to <laughs> chime in there and call Chris Waddle a jackass. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I agree. Um, great player, not a very good pundit. <laughs> um, no, but like I've heard some people, like not even United fans, saying like, "Oh, if they get Sancho in, it's you know it, they're automatically competing." And it's like I've even seen United fans say like they've got problems of their own. Like again, what's happened with Pogba? Who knows? Um, can Bruno Fernandes actually score all the goals apart from penalties? That's that's a big question. Um, and then there's even like like the keeper, like they obviously kept Dean Anderson and signed a big new contract with him. He's on over a hundred grand a week, by the way. I have to point that out. I mean, he he's way too good to be a second goalkeeper. So people are saying, I mean, I've never I haven't heard anyone say it's a mistake for them to keep on Dean Anderson and then keep David as number one. But you've got to choose one, and then if you can't choose, and there's no stability. No one knows what they're doing. And then, I still don't think Harry Maguire is a very good defender at all. I will say with the goalkeeper situation in regards to Manchester United, they do have a, a, a truly world-class goalkeeper in David De Gea. He just makes so many little errors and little mistakes. That's why you need a player like Dean Henderson. A really good goalkeeper, strong goalkeeper, proved it last season at Sheffield United. You need that to kind of be like to De Gea. This guy is nearly as good as you. So you either don't make mistakes and have flawless performances. Because by with the experience David De Gea has, it's not his first rodeo. He has lots of Premier League experience. He should be used to it by now. 
And honestly, if I were Manchester United manager, I'd have done exactly the same thing. Bought in a top quality goalkeeper and then just said, okay, it's between the two of you. Who starts? Who's going to be more dedicated in training? Who's going to be, who's going to arrive first and leave last? Who's going to produce more stops, shot uh, winning games, uh, shot saving uh, games? Um, uh, Who's going to, be good on their feet if you want to play a pass and move style, uh, tiki taka. Who's gonna Who's gonna get themselves into into the right position in the goal? Where 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 is corners concerned? Are you gonna punch it out? Are you gonna catch it? You know, there's plenty of variables for data and analytics people to to look at, and it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. I do see Dean Henderson getting a game or two this season. I, I reckon he'll start like in cup matches, and then eventually I think he'll just end up having to play the likes of Sheffield United, Burnley. Um, I'm trying to think who else came up with Leeds United from the Championship. I can't remember it. My mind's my mind's. <laughs> my mind's drawn a blank all i can remember is marcelo bielsa it's uh, okay let's move on um it finished liverpool four leeds united uh three can we just take a, a moment just to say it's great to have leeds back in the prem isn't it i mean yeah it is yeah with the re it's why i always it's what it wears right so it's always <laughs> hey, hey like, don't worry teams. don't worry <laughs> It's I can't get my words out half the time. I think I think Leeds are similar kind of teams like Aston Villa in a way that they are. Oh a yeah, that's a great shout. Big, well supported, like very well supported club with a lot of history. And obviously, people think well, they haven't got a lot of current history, so they're not a big club anymore. But they still, you know, they, it, mean, it is yeah. it is a great to have. It's a it's a difficult metric to judge what a big club is because if you go by history then nottingham forest are a big club and i wouldn't argue that nottingham forest are a big club um they've won two european cups in the in the 80s with brian clough who's to say that they're a big club they don't have the biggest fan base in the championship if you're looking at supporter base then you've got to say sheffield wednesday are one of the biggest clubs in english football they constantly sell out hillsborough sheffield united are a massive club then in terms of fan support leeds newcastle and the obvious obvious names that get a get a a lot of a lot of people in into the ground. But I mean, yeah, go on. I was just going to say you could even look at like West Ham for that because they still you know have a yeah. bad atmosphere. You know, people say the atmosphere for their stadium is Olympic Stadium. They still sell out every every week, even when they've mm. been doing terribly the last couple of years. So it, people are going to base it on different things. They're going to base it on sort of. How well just you know how well sports globally, you know how well they fill out the stadium, how many season tickets they sell. Um, I mean, when when I seen just a, a different thing, just moving on a little bit from that. When I seen um, Everton sign Hammers, and I seen Sky Sports News going comparing his Instagram followers to United and City and us, I'm thinking that's what's not that a metric even? worth. Yeah. That's mean what? So because because he, he has like forty six million followers on Instagram, he's automatically the club have automatically got better or bigger. I, I don't know. That's, honestly, right? The thing with with Alan and um, James coming in, they're only in because they've played with um, under Ancelotti before. 
and there's twice. You, you know, they're not coming for Everton. They're not, you know. Oh no, absolutely not. No, no, no. Yeah, we're on the same page. In his interviews, going, "Oh, it's a big club with a big history and all that. I want to do successfully." It's like you don't even. I bet when he heard that Everton interest, he's probably thinking, "What? There's another team? There's another team that was there." I mean, he probably knew about, but he's been playing in, you know, falling apart Goodison Park. Um, (laughs) But um, anyway, so obviously I'll say. You know, I have nothing against Everton. I know they're drama to be all, all local rivals, but yeah. they're, they're, they're a big club. Yeah. You know? um, actually, I don't think there's that many... If you look at the Premier League as a whole, they're all big teams. Yeah, they are relatively all big clubs. You have to... Um, yeah, you, have you to, do. Yeah, I agree with you. You do have to be a... a um, a big well established. Now, now that we've moved on for the conversation, I can now remember who got promoted from the uh, championship. <laughs> but, anyways, um, yeah, 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 you do have to be a big club to uh, to be in the Premier League, I guess. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's all the bigger for uh, Don Revy and, and well, not Don Revy, but Don Revy's Leeds, not the same team. Uh, as a Brian Clough man, I've I've got to say, never liked never liked Leeds. I'm a I love Brian Clough, and I'm I'm a Football should be played on the green grass, not in the sky kind of guy. I like that style of football, so I don't particularly respect the history of Leeds. Although I will say there was always one Ellen Road legend that is a legend in my heart. That's Big Jack Charlton for being our Republic of Ireland manager. Rest in peace, big man. Um, (laughs) Irish family coming out. (laughs) My granddad used to tell me that uh, Big Jack is the only Englishman I like. So that kind of, uh, yeah, that kind of uh, uh, family uh, conversations about football and Roy Keane, of course, being God. Anyway, let's go through the other, I know for a Liverpool fan, I, even I don't like Roy Keane as a player. I, I always used to be like, eh, he's an eh, eh. Although I do like him as a pundit. Other Premier League scores. <laughs> other Premier League scores. Uh, the league kicked off on BT Sport as uh, Arsenal beat newly promoted Fulham 3-0. Now, I said last week I'd rather have Brentford have got promoted uh, purely because they'd never been in the Premier League, but I watched the playoff final and I was like, whichever team Terrible. won, they were both going to go straight back down again. Uh, yeah, they were both, both terrible. I remember that playoff. They were both terrible that match. Um, I was honestly expecting more from them, but uh, I think, I can't remember the uh, Joe Bryan's fit. I can't remember which hole. He scored two, didn't he? I just mm. remember the free kick he scored. Yeah. Um, completely called keeper out. But uh, mm. I, to be honest, I wanted Brentford to come up. Just yeah, I think everybody, every every neutral wanted Brentford up. Um, if knew. you've if you've seen their um their nice new stadium, if you go on the if you ever go to London from the West Country, Hammersmith flyover, you get a lovely view into there and London Irish's new stadium. It is exquisite. Although um, I I will miss their old ground because my dad used to go to that one. Uh, so yeah, Fulham nil. Arsenal 3, I said last week that I expect Fulham to go straight back down. Not really proving me wrong under Scott Parker. Uh, Burnley and Manchester United postponed because of Manchester United's Europa League commitments. Uh, Crystal Palace 1, Southampton 0, so a good win for Roy Hodgson's men. 
Manchester City and Aston Villa, they play next week in their opening fixture because of uh, Champions League commitments for Manchester City. Uh, Liverpool 4, Leeds United 3, we covered that one. And uh, West Ham and Newcastle currently underway in the uh, in the Premier League. And if you want to keep an eye on that score, uh, where's my finger pointing? Wrong way. There's a video printer uh, there you can see all the all the scores as they go in um it's a nice video printer as well uh right uh, let's move on from the premier league and uh, look at the efl and it's been the opening day of the efl uh by the way we want to know um what did you think of the games today did your team win it whether you're a championship premier league championship uh, League One, League Two, National League side, uh, get in contact with us. Uh, phone lines are open. O treble three, three o three forty eight sixty eight. Sorry if my eyes have uh, got it ab- above me. O treble three, three o three forty eight sixty eight. Twitter, it's at footy underscore fans underscore show. Facebook dot com forward slash the football fan show and the football fan show at gmail.com eventually i will learn that off by heart because that's what i do for a daily on a daily basis monday to friday right let's go into the championship um and by the way the topics that we're going to be talking about later and one of them that is i think this is my favorite topic to talk about after leeds promotion who are the biggest club outside the premier league we'll get to that because we kind of briefly touched on it but we're going to get to that because i i love those kind of conversations even though they're completely and utterly devoid of all meaning birmingham city won brentford nil so not a great start for brentford they've lost a few players there i think one of their strikers just joined aston villa for 30 odd million uh wickham wanderers start life at the highest level they've ever played in in the championship they lost one nil at adams park to rotherham united bournemouth got off to a winning start uh, with life after Eddie. 3-2 winners against former Premier League club Blackburn Rovers. 3-2 winners there. Bristol City got a 2-1 win against Birmingham's third team. That's Coventry City. Uh, still haven't moved out of St Andrews yet. Uh, Cardiff City lost 2-0 to Sheffield Wednesday, who are bottom of the championship. Uh, for after a points deduction we'll get to the championship table as well uh, Derby County nil Reading 2 good start for Reading one of Marco Bielsa's boys is now in charge at Huddersfield Town they lost 1-0 to former Premier League club from last season Norwich City finished Millwall nil Stoke City nil at the Den Preston North End nil Swansea City 1 and Queen's Park Rangers 2 Nottingham Forest nil. So the highlights there, I'm going to say, are Bournemouth kicking off good, playing good football, 3-2 win, um, life after Eddie Howe. Do you expect Eddie Howe to get another job in football management quickly? I know he's having a break, but we all know how football managers don't actually take breaks. They're always itching to get... It's either them that's itching or the missus is is going to kick them out of the house and say, just go get a job in football. Uh, how long do we reckon Eddie Howe's going to be out of the game? I mean, it all comes down to how long he wants, he wants to have a break for. But I think it's not going to mean it's not going to be for no shortage of offers for him. Um, Championship or Premier League? What do you reckon for for Eddie Howe? I mean, I re- well, that comes into who I reckon I will get sacked out of the Premier League first. And I reckon Davy Moyes has got a good chance of going. Yeah. And I reckon 
I reckon uh, Eddie Al could do well there. He's, I think he's he's a very good manager. I mean, wasn't that long ago that he was getting touted for uh, uh, Man United, wasn't it? Or, or yeah, um, Arsenal. Arsenal, it was. It was Arsenal, yeah. Uh, to replace um, Wenger and then Emery. Um, but yeah, 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 he was being linked to um, Arsenal. Uh, he was being linked with a, a number of clubs, but uh, Arsenal were the one that, that that comes to mind. It just never seemed to materialise. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think he, I could see him as West Ham manager, although I don't want him to be West Ham manager because they're well, they weren't one of my picks to go down. That was Villa, but uh, I think West Ham will struggle. Um, and I like to be right. I like to be right about that. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday docked. A few, a couple of points. I think it was twelve points. Uh, it's all to do with the fact that they. Now I don't know the full facts around this. Whether it's they sold Hillsborough or they bought Hillsborough. I think they bought Hillsborough, and then they're they're in breach of financial EFL financial rules because they overspent on the stadium or, or something like that. So they've been docked points, which makes a promotion campaign very unrealistic. So it looks like they're going to struggle. Uh, Reading getting off to a very good start. Derby County seem to now be after life after Lampard. They seem to even with Wayne Rooney seem to be kind of mediocre and mid-table in the Championship. It's not not good considering how much they're um, spending on the likes of uh, Wayne Rooney. Still the number 32 there at Derby County. And uh, by the way, that number 32 has nothing to do with their sponsors. 32 Red Casino. It has everything to do with them. <laughs> Apparently they're paying part of his wages or paid part of his transfer fee. That is the alleged uh, allegation against them. Uh, let's continue to run down the scores. Are you excited, I will say, to see who's who's going to get promoted from the championship? Uh, I will say Middlesbrough played yesterday against Watford and lo- uh, lost 1-0 at... Uh, at Vicarage Road. But are you excited to see who gets promoted for the championship? Because I, for the first time in a long time, cannot see a clear picture of who is going to get promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, it's... I mean, I'm not going to say it's my highest concern, but it's... With, like, last, the previous season, you could always see, you know, a pretty good idea of who was more likely to come up. This season, there's probably a, a group, of, group of clubs you could, you could point on. Like, you'd always... Depending on how well they get on, you could always look at, um, you know, Norwich or Watford bouncing back up. Um, but then you could also the, the problem for them is making sure they don't stagnate because the problem then is that it just gets harder and harder and harder year after year to come back up. So I reckon. Um, just trying to think. I mean. I, uh, not, to be fair, just... it is ridiculously difficult to uh, yeah because I can't. I I said last week that Middlesbrough were one of my one of my favourites purely not because they've got anybody special in their squad purely because of Neil Warner because he's been there done it so many times that he's just he's just the master. If you want to get into the Premier League very quickly, he is the person that you'd appoint, isn't he? But uh, other than that, I really. You know, because I was going through it last week. Cardiff finishing the playoffs, but I don't expect them to challenge. Swansea finishing the playoffs, don't expect them to challenge. Nottingham Forest and mate are nearly men. They missed out on the playoffs last season, and I don't really expect them to uh, finish in the playoffs again. Um, yeah, just it's difficult, isn't it? I just I don't see any of the three Premier League teams, uh, ex Premier League teams, getting back in. I don't see Bournemouth getting promoted, and I don't see Norwich getting promoted. I think Norwich will be up there, to be fair, but I don't, 
I don't. Uh, it's it's bloody difficult, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, for for them for them too. I think it's they've they've sold some of their sort of main players, like Norwich have sold um, Jamal Lewis. I know um, people. Well, I haven't heard anything yet, but obviously Todd Campbell has been linked away with Bournemouth. Um, they've got obviously Carl Wilson. Um, I don't think they've got. I mean, a, a genuine proper goal scorer now. I mean, obviously I haven't looked at their their um, most recent sort of team sheet who they might have brought in, but. You've lost a couple of big players, and yeah, they I, I think sold, um, got... Nathan Ake to uh, City. Oh yeah, they? Nathan yeah. Ake. There you go. So that's, so that's just one name. Their best defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remind me. Yeah. So I think with them, the problem was with with Bournemouth was that I said they had Eddie Howe, and I think he was he done. He didn't, I mean, he brought people he in every season or so since he came on. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have the greatest squad, and he always done pretty well and got good results. Um, I think it, he went down because he, he was still trying to do what he can. I think it was just the players just went like these weren't responding. They weren't you know it's just on field results just didn't go their way at all. Um, so I, I think I think with them with with Norwich, I mean, I think when if they haven't got Pookie scoring, they don't score goals really. Um, and again, they haven't got the, the greatest defense. So I think. I think we'll be tough for them, but it's it's going to be as as you said. It's uh, it's hard to see at this very moment. Maybe as the season goes on, we'll get a, a clearer picture. And if at like maybe the halfway point, like the likes of Middlesbrough and all that, you know, at the close to the top of the fighting for it, maybe a bit clearer then. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't actually managed to have a proper good look at them. Yeah, it's it's, it's as I say, it's it's tough to to really work out. Who, who's going to get promoted? Because even like Brentford were in the conversation last season, but they've sold, they've sold players, and now you know it's probably going to be a year of rebuilding. Plus, how do you motivate players that have just missed out? I, I likened it to um, uh, the Tottenham situation under Poch when they lost the Champions League final. How do you motivate those players to then kick on, kick forward, and and try and brush it off? Because it's bloody difficult. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I'm just gonna just gonna run off for one second. Sorry, I'll be right back. Just you do that. Well, actually, you know what? We'll go for a break. Um, we'll be back in about right. five. Right. Okay. Welcome back. We are back. We are with you uh, for another an hour and a half. I'm just watching the slight. Callum's just reminded me off air that. West Ham and Newcastle United are playing, so I'm going to be looking at my phone because I've got Now TV on my phone. So, 18, uh, 19 minutes in now, well, 10 seconds, it'll be 19 minutes in. It's still nil-nil, uh, which sounds like the most riveting game of the day. <laughs> um, this one looks like it's going to be put on last on Match of the Day. Uh, we finished, by the way, before Match of the Day, so you can go check that out uh, before, before uh, after 10 o'clock. I think it's like half past 10 on BBC One. Uh, let's move on. Uh, look at League One because the EFL's back in action, and we won't go into too much detail on the on League One. And uh, I I got the Swindon, Swindon score wrong <laughs> on a pre-recorded radio show that I did, which is going out now on Swindon 105.5. Um, I thought Swindon won three now. It turns out they won three one. Uh, League One then at Crington Stanley. Who are they? Uh, two. <laughs> 
Peterborough United now. Sorry, Callum hates hates uh, people doing Scouse accents because we always get them wrong. They're too high. What is it? Too high pitched. <laughs> Oh yeah, something like that. Or they just sound terrible in general. I mean, it's the well, worst. Using Stanley Stanley's the worst way to use. Clinton Stanley. Who are they exactly? Sorry, that's that's just terrible. That's just that's just insulting you, isn't it? I'm sorry. Um, the next it's game. The only Jamie Carragher sounds like that. <laughs> to be fair, as a, as we were talking about earlier, Jamie Carragher was on form, on form earlier, and particularly when he, <laughs> you know, what made the moment that made me laugh out loud in that Leeds game when he said cock. Because the Leeds player is called Koch. But he goes, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Clive, yeah. Tills, Clive Tilsley yeah, chips had... up and says, um, yeah, you know, that's his name. He's not just <laughs> saying something rude. Yeah, we had four Martin Tyler going, saying Sorry, it with, the, with the, yeah, on the end. And uh, don't even get me started on Martin Tyler, but like, yeah, he, he said it as kind of like a, a, a take the mick out of the Scouse accent. Mm-hmm. And then Jamie Carter in all his glory just, just as <laughs> Koch did. I loved it. They were you, great. You wait and say that. They were great. Uh, Cara, Cara and uh, Tyler were great. I kept saying it was uh, Clive Tilsley for some reason. I've no idea why. But uh, Martin Tyler and uh, Cara were brilliant on commentary. Um, can't wait for, for him and Nev to do more on, uh, on yeah, Monday night. Cause, uh, can't wait for that because they're just, they're just great. Anyway, back to League One. Uh, so I'll, <laughs> I'll do the roll call again. Accrington Stanley 2, Peterborough United 0. Uh, Crew Alexandra 0, uh, Charlton Athletic 2. Still financial problems at Charlton yet to be resolved. Maybe a change of ownership, maybe not. All I know is that they knocked Swindon Town out of the League Cup last week. Not happy. Doncaster Rovers 1, ver- <laughs> MK Dons 1. I'm glad my misery makes you laugh, Cal. Uh, Fleetwood Town 2, Burton Albion 1. Gillingham nil, Hull City two, Lincoln City two, the worst team in England nil, and I mean by the worst team in England, I uh, I mean my favourite club, Oxford United. I've just been distracted by the uh, West Ham Newcastle game. Oh, Newcastle have a free kick. I thought there was a goal. New Newcastle have a free kick. Um, yeah, Oxford United, please get relegated. Lincoln City two, Oxford United nil. Northampton Town 2, AFC Wimbledon 2, Plymouth Argyle 1, Blackpool 0, How the Mighty Have Fallen, Portsmouth 0, Shrewsbury Town 0, Sunderland 1, Bristol Rovers 1. Now, weirdly, Sunderland do not have a good track record against Bristol Rovers. That was said on Soccer Saturday. Uh, apparently, they, they and you, you put it down to them only playing like three or four times. Apparently, they've played each other. Well, that was the 15th time they played each other, and Sunderland apparently do not have a good record against rovers and lastly swindon town three rochdale one uh i want to know if anybody subscribes to this efl service where you can watch all all the matches i think it's only available for season ticket holders do you subscribe to it and are you watching it if you are you can call us oh three 33 303 that's 033-303-4868. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and tweet along with the program at footy underscore fans underscore show, facebook.com forward slash the football fan show, and email us at the football fan show at gmail.com. Let's move on to League Two then, because we have two new football league clubs. One of which have made their, well, they made their EFL debut in the EFL Cup last week. But it's their first EFL league match in 40 years. 
And it finished Barrow 1, Stevenage 1. Bolton Wanderers. Bolton Wanderers. Wow. Have lost 1-0 to Forest Green Rovers. <laughs> uh, last game I, I saw of last season, which was the last home game for Swindon Town, they lost 2-1 to Forest Green Rovers. Um, they're kind of... Um, I don't know if you're aware of where Forest Green are, Callum, but they're kind of... that's that. They're just over the border in Gloucestershire. So they're kind of like, oh, you're our rivals. And we're like, no, the fuck you're not. <laughs> We've never played you in are our we, are you again? lives. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Are you again? It's, uh, it's just, it's amazing. Like, <laughs> But um, someone I used to work with at the BBC uh, was a Forest Green Rovers fan, so we always used to joke about it. Uh, Bradford City nil, Colchester United nil. Uh, Cambridge United three, Carlisle United nil. Cheltenham Town 1, Morecambe Town, oh, Morecambe City 2. Uh, Mansfield 0, Tranmere Rovers 0, Oldham Athletic 0, Leighton Orient 1. Port Vale, our old club in Burslem in Stoke, uh, 2, Crawley Town 0. Did you ever go to Vale Park when you were at UD? Because uh, did you ever go there? Yeah, I mean, you never had a reason to go there. But um, I went once and sat in the away end. It's actually, for the area that it is, and Burslem is not a nice area, but it's an actually very nice stadium. It's a very good stadium, like akin to like Notts County's Meadow Meadow Lane, like that kind of. It's a very nice yeah. stadium. Uh, Money Boys, Salford City, they drew two all against Exeter City. Scunthorpe United one, Newport County one, Southend United nil, Harrogate Town four. Their first game in League Two, the first league match in the EFL, and they win four nil against Southend United, who were relegated from League One last season. And I think they were only relegated on a on that dreaded points-per-game basis, uh, which is hard done by, by many clubs, including Tranmere Rovers. Walsall 1, Grimsby Town 0 is how we round up the EFL. There were a few uh, FA Cup matches uh, as well, the preliminary rounds. Of note, Stockbridge Park Steelers. They were playing. They're Jamie Vardy's old team. Just just in case you don't know who they are, they are one of Jamie Vardy's old clubs. Uh, they were playing. I think they were on like the red button and you could watch it and it was literally one stand in the entire ground. It was um, it was quite funny. Um, yeah, and I, I believe that's it. Although I, I am now looking at the um, German uh, DFB Pokal at the moment because if you haven't noticed, I'm... I'm by the way, this is not a city jacket, Callum. I want to point this out because I've pointed it out every way. This is an 1860 Munich jacket. Yeah. 1860 München. Did they win? Uh, oh, they were. Yeah, they were. Not even the third Bundesliga. They just call it Liga Three. Ah. <laughs> but I, uh, see, I, thought, yes. I thought it was like I knew I knew they were in the second Bundesliga. I think whatever they call mm. that. And I think they got yeah. relegated, didn't they? Yeah, they were in the second... Yeah, as you say, they were in the Bundesliga 2, the second Bundesliga. But, uh, yeah, they had financial problems. Got relegated to the fifth tier, got promoted. Now they're in the third division, were in their last season, in there this season as well. Um, don't know why I'm a fan... Oh, no, I know exactly why I'm a fan of theirs. Unfortunately, they lost 2-1 at home to Eintracht uh, Frankfurt. So I'm I'm not exactly happy. Love them. They're my German team. Yep. Bayern who? You can shove your European titles. I just want to support 1860. 
There we go. So that's rounding off all the uh, all the results. I'm going to switch this uh, football match off because I'm getting I'm getting distracted and going back to our topics. And we want to know who you think is the biggest club now residing outside of the Premier League. Shall we get into this? Because I love these kind of nonsensical. Because it's nonsense. Yeah. It's complete and utter nonsense. But I love it. I love I love it when they talk about this on like Sky Sports News and stuff like that. So, if I look at the championship and look at the oh well, well let's do the tables first, even though they're they're not really that important at this point. Um, Arsenal are top of the Premier League. They've already won it. If it was to stop right now, uh, Liverpool are joint second, uh, are joint top on three points as well. Crystal Palace as well. Newcastle at the moment are fourth with West Ham fifth. If it finishes nil nil, and then relegated are Fulham, Southampton, and unfortunately Leeds United. We knew thee well. Bye 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 bye. <laughs> Marco Bielsa, not the great managerial now tactical nous that we 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 were hoping for uh so anyway let's so who is the biggest club outside of the premier league i'm just going to bring up the championship table because the championship does still have some pretty big clubs and even if you go further down the football league pecking order you've still got portsmouth in league 1 sunderland in league 1 bolton wanderers in league 2 i mean bolton were never a big club but they were an ex premier league club so now that Leeds, who undoubtedly were the biggest club outside of the Premier League, I think the answer is pretty obvious that it's Sunderland. But let's just have the debate anyway. Who would you well, say, taking Sunderland aside for a moment, because they clearly are the biggest club in terms of stature, fan support and all that. Who would you say, Cal, is the biggest club outside the Premier League? I mean... I have no idea, simply because, again, just like before, it's it's how you view it's a metrics. big club. Like, so is it just based on how many like? Because we we say Sunderland because they were always you know before they got relegated they were sort of a, a staple in the Premier League and back in the day Bolton were and Blackburn were, um, stuff like that. It's um. It's silly to honest, have these arguments, isn't it? Yeah. It's silly to have these debates. You, you have you have these with with sort of fans of of championship clubs who they want to be the someone big like boys, me who's not someone like me who doesn't really follow it. Yeah, you know, but follow that kind of thing, and then again, how one person views how big a club is is different from how another person that views how big a club is. So people say, oh well, we've got this many supporters, and we've got. And well, they go. Well, we thought our stadium this time, you know, all the time. Um, Andy Carroll just, you know, uh, you know, bringing out his inner, you know, uh, our ten Ronaldo, you know, Ronaldinho there. <laughs> just doing a little bit of a juggle on the volley. Oh yeah, um, I'm just watching it now. Yeah, hang on. Oh, <laughs> if, if, if Ooh, he, he just misses that, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, that, that's, that's that's John Joe Shelby. Yeah, he just misses it. Oh, before that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. I think you're a bit. I think you're a bit behind. Yeah, maybe I am. There. Hang on. Um, um, anyway, um, yeah. So it, it's yeah, it's a silly debate to have, but obviously it's 
because there's not much going on, we have to have to pan it out somehow. But uh, yeah, this is a stupid debate that they have on Sky and BBC and and BT about who the biggest clubs outside the Premier League are. I mean, you know, if you're looking at fan support, or it depends what you're looking at. If you're looking at football metrics in terms of fan support, then, as I said earlier, Sheffield Wednesday, you've probably got to consider them, and, of course, Sunderland. But if you're looking at population size of a city, Bristol, um, Cardiff, Coventry, Birmingham City, although they're sort of the second team of Birmingham, so we don't really tend to count them. Mm -hmm. Who else? Um... Borough were always historically a yeah. periphery team in the Premier League, like like a Bolton Wanderers. Um, Huddersfield are historically successful. They've won more league titles than Tottenham, uh, which every Arsenal fan loves to point out that they've won more league titles. At Tottenham. Someone's having a barbecue around me, and I've got all my windows open, and I can smell the... Smell the, smell the smell. I know, right? It's pitch black outside, and yet they're they're having a barbecue. Uh, Norwich finished third in the Premier League in 93-94 I think it was the first or second Premier League season they finished third they're obviously let's where are you let's be Avenue and all that jazz uh, so historically yeah Ipswich Town League One have been successful so what do you you know it's silly to have it what is that metric? How do you measure these things? And we were—I was talking about this last week with Liam and, and the teams that we'd like to see get promoted. And Bristol were up there because it's not a football city; it's an art city, um, big city. But Bristol is historically an underachieving city in terms of its football clubs, in terms of Bristol City and Bristol Rovers. But then, if it's success that you're measuring, biggest club outside the Premier League is Nottingham Forest. Two Champions League titles, multiple league titles. I don't think they ever won an FA Cup under under Cluffy. I think that was the one trophy he missed out on. Um, but, you know, two European Cups, you've got to say that that's pretty pretty big. Yeah, if you, if you base it purely on, purely on that, then them, Villa, um, Blackburn for their Premier League. Um, so... Again, it's always it's always going to be it's always a preference uh, thing. Yeah, it's it's always what you what that specific person you're asking how they view how big a club because if you just basically on on success, winning trophy wise, then obviously there's a certain few as I mentioned. Um, but then you'll get clubs that haven't won anything; they'll be massive. Well-supported teams. Yeah. yeah, so with the with what you're saying and, and the point that would be made is Huddersfield is clearly not a bigger club than Tottenham Hotspur despite them having won exactly. more league titles than Tottenham yeah. because they won all their league titles in, in the early 20th century. They're not a bigger club than, than Champions in League, the same, Jose Mourinho managing yeah. Tottenham Hotspur. In the, same sense, in the same sense, you can't base it purely on the amount of money the owners got. Obviously... With the money become comes investments, and that obviously lays the foundations to increase the revenue streams of a club, and that obviously builds a club up. Um, I mean, the perfect example, and I'm not, this is not just have a dig at them. Manchester City, you know, they yep. were they were 
you were always there and there about before the money came in, and then the. Just, I mean, to be honest, the same same with Chelsea as well. You know, they were there or thereabouts. Yeah, they were mid table. Um, they were top ten. I mean, I don't think eighth or ninth. I think, I think Man City probably had more of a, a dramatic kind of rise to the top than, than Chelsea because I think it was going a lot quicker for City because they had. I mean, I can't remember the names, but so, some of the players you look at that play for City, I'm thinking really, you know, before the money came in, Joey Barton, Dunn, Petrov. Um... Oh, yeah. Joey Barton at, at Manchester City. Oh, wow. What a... yeah. Peter Schmeichel played for City before the money. David yeah. Seaman played. Uh, I do... Uh, I, to, to your to your point on Manchester City, I do remember the playoff final where they beat Gillett. Tony Pulis's Gillingham in the Division 2 playoff final. I, watched, I re-watched that recently because obviously there was no football and I wanted to watch it. And the rise... And I do remember Kevin Keegan being the manager when they got promoted to the Premier League, and then Stuart Pearce taking over. They were not historically a massive club in in a sense that, yeah, they'd won a, le- a few league titles and a few trophies back in the day, but they weren't what they are now, which is a free-spending, big manager, winning trophies, apart unless it's the Champions League, in which case uh, they can't seem to win that. But they can that, yeah. win pretty much everything else. So I, I concur with your point. Yeah, I, th- I think I think in, in obviously in recent years, now they've sort of they've got used to having the excess. They've, they've kind of invested into making themselves more of a like their brand, so to say, and um, with their yeah, like youth academy and um, stuff like yeah. that. But at first, like they they knew they they knew what they had to do, which was Stay put up. a lot of money into it. I don't know what the state with. Um, uh, Financial fair, fair fair play was back then, but they put money in. They bought the best players, and they they reaped the rewards. So Rubinho on it, the it, final day of the transfer window, I remember that. Yeah. And though it, I I think in retrospect it was a bit of a waste of money because he didn't really do that much. I just remember, yeah. that was he, them saying we have arrived, we have the money, we're yeah. going to spend it, and we're going to bring in offshoots from Whoever Real Madrid. We want to. Yeah. yeah. Or, Players that, that Real Madrid don't want anymore. Uh, I mean, I think I think at that point they almost try to copy Real Madrid and their Galacticos. Oh, just... totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, I, I, you know, it's it's um, it's like it's like what Chelsea did. You know, they were um, obviously Abramovich came in. I don't know if it was around the same time that Mourinho came in. Um, and they I got. Think, the I best. think Abramovich came in. Ranieri was the manager, and then after one season, he got rid of Ranieri and replaced him with Mourinho in 2005. I think that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was 2004 Mourinho came in. Um, oh, it might have been oh, no. 2004. Yeah, it might. No, it, you're right. I think it might have been 2004, but I know that Abramovich's money came in the season before because Ranieri was the boss, and he didn't. He just Ranieri didn't seem to get the best out of the players because they had people no. like Idaka Johnson and people. Herman Crespo and people like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I totally uh, get what you're saying about Manchester City uh, and their relative newfound uh, success in terms of money that they spent. And I think Mourinho put it very pro- uh, very nicely in his press conference this week when he was talking about when uh, Jurgen Klopp said in his Liverpool press conference that, you know, we're not owned by a oligarch. 
and then Mourinho kind country, of yeah. said that that point where he said, you know, Tottenham aren't owned by a country. We're not owned by an oligarch. You know, we don't have that money. And, and Tottenham and Liverpool are very similar financially in terms of their uh, they don't have that massive amount of money to spend. But uh, going back to historically big clubs, um, obviously we 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 mentioned earlier that West Ham would probably consider themselves a big club with the whole West Ham won the World Cup malarkey. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, God, a.k.a. Bobby Moore. But really, if you look at, on our history, the last 20... Because we can only really base this on our history and our knowledge of the last 10 20 years of football which is what i was talking about last week uh when i was talking about the the kind of the traditional top eight nine teams in the premier league being manchester united liverpool everton arsenal tottenham aston villa newcastle leeds and all you know etc etc Sunderland, Bolton, yeah, like yeah, when etc. Yeah. When, 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 when etc. Yeah. Kind of you'd see all the time, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those those, those stalwarts of the Premier League that you knew were always going to be there. They were all constantly finishing in like the top ten, and you know Newcastle finishing fifth and just missing out on Champions League football. Although one season they did play in the Champions League, um, but we look at West Ham and they really haven't ever done that in the Premier League. They've never been been no kind time. of. Mid-table mediocrity is how I would sum up West Ham in a case. Yeah, they usually sit around mid-table-ish. Unless they get a new owner that's willing, to, that's going to pump money in. It's hard to ever get the ambition to go above that. You know, Unless, obviously, you Leicester a couple of years ago, which was just weird. Um, magical. So it, it's kind of hard I'd to call, I'd say magical Leicester. It, <laughs> yeah, that was no, it was. It wasn't that was a it Disney was... movie. That was a Disney movie, Lester. Sorry, I interrupted you, but uh, finish your point. No, it's 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 fine. No, so I think I think nowadays any kind of club who wants to try and get a successful spot. So I, I look at teams like Burnley and that, and they always just seem to be. They always seem to do well, and Sean Dyche is just there. And he's always to me. It feels like he's almost always going to be there, and they do well. They never really spend any kind of money, really. Um. You bring a couple of players in every now and then. You just don't seem to have any. Like maybe I'm just looking at it differently because I'm, you know, because I don't support those clubs. But mm. I never see any motivation. But it's it's hard sometimes to, even when you have the motivation to be able to do that because nowadays it is just more and more the, the money talks. Unless you unless you find a gem out of nowhere and he turns out to be a world beater. Mm. You know, you could go back go go back to when. Um, Man United bought Ronaldo from Sporting. He probably yeah. thought he was going to be a good player. I can't remember. I can't remember how much he bought him for. I think it was something but, like uh, twelve or thirteen million. Yes, he um, thought he did, which I back mean, then was quite a lot, but nowadays is nothing. Actually, I mean, you see, they probably thought, oh, you know, he's a seventeen-year-old talent. You know, he's pacey winger, and then he just, he, even when he's at United, turned into one league's best players. Consistently scored loads of goals. Yeah, scored amazing goals. Um. So that that in a situation where they didn't think you were gonna get the kind of players that he did get, but it doesn't really happen that much nowadays. Really, where you get those gems coming in, it's it's always, with the, especially with sort of when you haven't got the finances to go and buy the, because you get to be honest, any kind of player these days who shows any kind of 
modicum of talent, the club will instantly go, well, he's worth 50 million, whatever. You know, so some of the price that you go for players nowadays, like, you need all the money in the world just to buy even average players. Yeah. So, it's it's like when I seen, um, what was I was looking at? Um, like, like Ake going for Bournemouth for 41 million. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I seen, um, who else? Um, when I, I, can't I think I think Everton only bought Corey for twenty five million, but I saw when they first been linked with them, they're saying, "Oh, what for thirty five million? I'm thinking he just got relegated. I don't care how good he is, that lowers the price. Mm. No, it's it's um over the odds. Yeah, it's I mean even... it's, it's obvious because players, you know, clubs don't want to lose players, but obviously. Yeah. If 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 the player wants to move, then things can happen. But um, yeah, well, to get anywhere in the top unless, nowadays, it's not difficult. if your name's Lionel Messi, it can't. <laughs> then you get La Liga oh. involved. We're not going back there. I did, we did that last yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that. That was was mad because I, I had Sky Sports news on every day, and they oh. kept on going on about it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, just end it. He's not joining. Um, He's going to retire at Barca. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean. I mean, I can see him going free next season if he still wants nah. to leave. I mean, yeah, it, it depends what happens. I mean, I think what's going to happen is um, the new president will come in, they'll get Xavi in, and Xavi will go, come on, mate, for me, come we're on. all good, you know, good teammates. I mean, the thing, thing is, it's, it's going to be strange what happens with them next season because it's like Suarez is going, basically. Um, yeah, they're getting lost rid of the field players. Whole... He needs to, to be honest. The one one deal with them that really was just bizarre was letting um, it's if I I would just call him Arthur but I think it's Arthur, Arthur going yeah. to going to Juventus I can't remember what the price involved but then and then getting Pjanic and it was like you're getting similar kind of players but Arthur Arthur is like 23 mm. and Pjanic 29 like you've already you've already got like an average team age of like 32 I think. Yeah, bring in some. Yeah, they have young, got. Like they, they have bought in. Got some young players. players there. You've got young players there, but the, what it's it's like what happens with with us. Like most of our players now, obviously being back, I'll go back to Barcelona in a second. But uh, most of our sort of main eleven now, most of our like world class players, all like going you know, in the prime. So you don't want to let it where all your best players are kind of getting older. You know, and then you have to replace them all at once. Yeah. So that's what that's what Barca are trying to do now. They're trying to get rid of some of the old older players. Um, let Rakitic go. Let Vidal go. Um, let Suarez go. I think they're probably going to keep PK because I don't know what's happened with that. But uh, that's mean. So they're trying to bring in. I mean, you know, that's what you need to replace a load of players, and that just makes it harder on on Kuman, and he's he's already has to settle the ship. So. Um, do you see? Uh, I, I know Barcelona wasn't on our topic list, but do you, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll wrap it up very quickly because we we are heading off topic. But do you see Cumin lasting the season? I think he'll go. I think he'll last the season, and then he'll he, go. He won't go any more. Yeah, uh, right. I don't think he'll go. He'll, he'll just get boosted out. Fair enough. Right, let's end the debate on who's the biggest club outside the Premier League because the answer is obvious: Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's it's, pro- it's Sunderland, isn't it? It's Sunderland. People who support Celtic will think they're the biggest, and I, I look at Celtic and I think, oh, yeah, we do well in your own league, but in the Champions League, they are so disappointing. To be fair, I think like whenever, 
whenever uh, people say, oh, Celtic will do well in, in the Premier League, they will after like two or three seasons when they get that Premier League money and are able to attract the kind of players that they need to stay up because they will attract them because they are... You think they're a tiny... Like, Scottish football's so small and that Celtic are not a big club, but they are massive. They have supporters yeah. clubs in Asia, a massive following in, like, New York and Boston. They are gigantuan in terms of their size. They are one of the biggest clubs in the world, miles bigger than Rangers. They are massive yeah. in comparison with Rangers. Rangers are a good club that have supporters probably all over the continent, probably some pockets of the world that support Rangers. But Celtic are just massive in comparison. Celtic are definitely the bigger club. Not the more successful club, I'm not saying that, but they're definitely the bigger club. But uh, yeah, Sunderland definitely, we're saying, the biggest club outside the Premier League, purely because you know they get 40-odd thousand, uh, well, now 30, maybe even 23,000 a game in League One, uh, when you get such such teams like Swindon Town and Sunderland. <laughs> uh, looking forward to playing Fleetwood Town, probably. Uh, Neil, some stupid advert um, on Sky, on Sky Sports, some wrestlers putting some guy in a ankle lock for some reason. Don't know what advert it is, but probably some sort of WWE advert. Uh, nil-nil, half-time uh, between Newcastle and West Ham. Probably nil-nil as, written all over. Yeah, probably as boring as the England-Denmark game. Oh, did you watch that game midweek? We're not going to talk yeah, about it, but I'm just yeah. going to say that we tweeted on our, our page, which is at footy underscore fans underscore show. You know, in the in-betweeners when Will just goes, well, that was fucking dreadful. <laughs> we just tweeted that gif. <laughs> I think I've seen that. It, honestly, like it is just bad. Forget night. Like, that I'm, game I'm, will I, put you to sleep. Like I was just like honestly, like I just every time I saw play like just players like Kane and uh, Declan Rice and Eric Dyer defense get on the ball, I'm just thinking, oh, like is this who you got to rely on? Like even the Iceland match, like I watched, I watched both. Like, that was Terrible. not a good game. No, that was not a good game. That, that was a that was a really forgettable game up until the 89th minute, and then they got suddenly it just burst into life with two penalties. Yeah, you probably you know what? I bet, I bet you think, come on lads, you need a, need a bit of excitement here. Come on, just let's do one penalty one side with his call, and then another penalty. You know, see a penalty with, with they miss. Give a bit of excitement to the fans watching at home. Um, <laughs> do you, th- do you reckon Paddy Power just, just gave him ten quid? <laughs> Here you go, ref. Something just like make that. the game slightly more exciting. It just it just reminds me of like when you see like uh, you remember uh, Mike Bassett, England manager. Oh yes, yes, Mike Bassett, oh. England manager. And you and you see the typical. I mean, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna, I'm, not, I'm not gonna take the piss, but you know, typical yobby English fan, you know, England fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you I think they all be all in the. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. It's, what it's that about. kind of thing. So yeah. like watching us against Iceland and Denmark, just rem- I'm thinking the only people who are going to enjoy that are those kind of fans. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Get, get the England fan painted on the face and stuff like that, and oh. join in on the national anthem and that. It's like, who knows the bloody words to that? I have no idea. The only anthem I know is the Ireland rugby anthem, and that's because I've, I've sang it. But the, which, to be fair, legitimately. Is a good song. Best national anthem though, Italy. They're, 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 like every time I watch like the yeah. the Six Nations or something, 
the the rugby the Italian rugby team sing it with such passion more so than the footballers the Italian rugby team sing their national anthem with more passion than the footballers uh right yeah, yeah. we've we've talked about who we think the biggest club is outside of the Premier League uh, we're going to have a break now we're going to just uh, have a break reassess the uh, West Ham Newcastle match I don't think there's a lot to assess two sides are playing football there was a kickoff and there's been a half time and I think that's about it that's all that's happened in that match uh, other than that not much else we've gone through the league tables and now we are going to move on to our next talking point and I will give Callum the decision as to what he wants to talk about do you want to do you want to debate who has been best in the transfer market who has spent well or do you or the other topic on the other hand is Frank Lampard and do you think he'll last a season which one would you like to tackle first um I just don't mind. I could probably talk more about the, the transfer window. Um, then, then that is what we shall do first. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the programme. Talk about transfers in a moment. Uh, I particularly want to talk with Callum about ever his opinion on um because I think I I think fingers crossed he'll agree with my kind of vision of what Everton have become <laughs> well in the transfer market we're going to do this every week by the way and we're going to talk about the latest transfers because uh, we were talking about it last week as well in terms of the transfer market Willian Willian not will I am Willian joining Arsenal on a free transfer that, that for me is the oddest transfer. Why? That's that's. I don't understand that question. one. Um, but I really want to talk about Chelsea for being big spending. Timo Werner, I'm glad you've joined Chelsea because you kept scoring a fuck ton of goals against me when I was 1860 Munich manager on Football Manager 20. So on FM21, when I don't have to come up against you at RB Leipzig, I'm going to be absolutely delighted. Because every time he just, like, 89th minute, we're winning 2-1. Oh, Timo Werner scored. It's 2-2. Oh, anyway. Uh, yeah, Chelsea seemingly... Like <laughs> yeah, that's just the main reason. He keeps costing me wins. Um, Chelsea having spent a lot of money... Uh, Probably more pressure on Frank Lampard. We'll get to that later. I want to talk about Everton. Uh, be, and we kind of touched on that earlier. They've signed James Rodriguez for £22 million. Uh, Real Madrid. Uh, I'm going to be terrible with some of these names. Alan for Napoli, from Napoli for an undisclosed fee. Uh, they've signed that Watford guy. Decore. Decore. Um, I'm not even going to try and say his first name. Because I'm terrible with name names. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Decoury for twenty million pound from Watford, and then, um, and then they've got rid of players like uh, Martin Stecklenberg, who's left for Ajax, and Morgan Schneiderlin's left, ending his uh, Premier League run. Uh, so the point I made last week about Everton, and I want to see if you agree with me, is that remember Aston Villa back in when Martin O'Neill was was the manager. 
and they were free spending they're owned by a billionaire and they were just saying oh we'll take you to get into the top four we'll take you to get into the top four we'll take you to get into the top four and i just get the feeling that everton are doing the same strategy to get into not the top four but the top seven and it didn't work well for villa as i recall because it put them in a in a ton of debt that they never really recovered from and martin o'neill's stock as a manager kind of went down after after that now i don't think carlo ancelotti's in any danger of of that happening because he's towards the end of his career anyway um but i just i do you get what i mean do you see those parallels or do you see it in a completely different way um i'm just trying to think who did who did the aston villa buy how many how many players was it um, I'm, uh, let's have a look at, at Martin O'Neill's transfer record because he did. They did seem to spend a lot of. They did. I can't remember. They bought in Heskey. I remember that they bought in Heskey from Wigan. Uh, Martin, uh, be worth a Google, wouldn't it? Martin O'Neill, Aston Villa signings. Um, but I do remember them spending a lot of money. Uh, Heskey is one that that comes to mind, and it just really put. Aston Villa on on one of the worst trends. Just point out who were there. Yeah, honest, they just, weren't just they weren't course. spending. I mean, if you're going to money before that, yeah, I think if you're going to compare sort of any you know any kind of fans page of Everton signings, you go you look at not really this year, but in sort of previous three or four years, where they've, they've been. I think they well, they sold Lukaku and then never replaced them. Bought like Sigurdsson in, um, what's his name? Um, Dutch fellow's now gone to Red Bremen or something. But they, they saw a bunch of, they brought like a bunch of players in, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna." Someone even I think someone even put in like a reporting put in. Oh, they've won the transfer window and stuff, and they were terrible. Yeah, um, um, I'm I just looking that, at the Aston Villa sign. Stilian Petrov, uh, Didier. Uh, Agathy, Didier Agathy, yeah, I remember him. Um, Chris Sutton, <laughs> Chris Sutton, <laughs> John Carew, Carew, <laughs> the legend. <laughs> Ashley Young, they had Ashley Young. Uh, Sean Maloney. Oh, they signed. Um, oh, they signed Ben Watson from Reading, and then I can't remember if he went to Chelsea. Then no, he went from Reading to Chelsea, and then Chelsea to Villa. Uh, but they still spent money on that one, and. Um, yeah, I just remember uh, that Villa team just being a free-spending team. Like they had Nigel Rio Coker in the team. They had Wayne Routledge, Curtis Davis, uh, Steve Sidwell. That's who I was. Uh, Brad Friedel, who they who they would have signed from uh, Blackburn. Uh, Brad Guzan. I'm just thinking that there's a lot of good names there, but they did spend a lot of money to try and get there and it just feels that Aston Villa always missed out on the top four they were always finishing fifth they were perpetually the fifth best team in England no matter who they bought in and I don't know whether that was down to you could you could argue that it was down to Martin O'Neill not being good enough as a manager you could argue it that they bring in the wrong players but I'd like to compare Everton to Tottenham and how Tottenham went about trying to get into the top four by building up a young team signing young players and building a team whereas Everton I just get the feeling they're just trying to pluck individuals like your Theo Walcott's 
and, and stuff like that and they're just trying to pluck individuals from different clubs and just to say oh you did well at that club so you can do well for us whereas Tottenham bought in and used a lot of their young players or they bought in young players to build an actual team and build from the ground up whereas Everton seemed to just trying to buy players it's I, I guess the best terminology for it is that they are chasing the dragon which is never a good thing I think yeah, I mean, I mean, I can see where you come from. I think if we're going to use the examples of Walcott and even like Iwobi, it was it was a case of you buying players that other clubs didn't want. Yeah, like you bought in um, Gilby Sigurdsson was too good for Swansea, so he was going to go to someone anyway. Um, but he wasn't wanted elsewhere. Gilby Sigurdsson. So, because he, he went to Tottenham. Yeah, and, and he, he bought went him for back. Oh, it was yeah. yeah, he went back to them because he went good enough. But didn't he buy him for, what was it, 50 million he bought yeah. him for? big money. And then they bought in Morgan Schneiderlin from Manchester United, who who wasn't wanted there. Um, obviously, he's now gone, but um, it, it just kind of feels to me that they are just trying to buy players that are... Ah, the best way to put it, they're not buying the best players, they're buying the best of the rest. I can see that being what's, what they've done recently, as I mentioned with, with Walcott and Ruby, but I think, it's been particular the three stars they've made this summer, is that, I mean, I think Drum, the reason he's bought three midfield players is because they need to strengthen the midfield. You, you know, it's, they had, who do they have? They had uh, Tom Davis and... Uh, I mean, he bought, what's his name, Gabamin in last summer. I don't think I didn't need to say I've seen him play once in the Premier League. Um, but it was clearly just they needed to strengthen there. And the players he bought in, like, maybe you could say James is he's past his best or whatever, but I think if you could think of one manager who could turn his career around would be Ancelotti. To be fair he to knows James what he Rodriguez, got. he has always been very consistent for Ancelotti, whether he was at Madrid, whether he was at Bayern. So that's what I think he's hoping for with the with the Everton signing of a uh, of, of Hamas Rodriguez for 22 million from yeah. from Madrid. But it just kind of feels like, and I think we said it earlier with Robinho joining Manchester City on the final day of the season. They're buying a player that is the best of the rest, kind of a even Mesut Özil could be described as a best of the rest player because he was kind of discarded by Real Madrid because they didn't need him, and it kind of feels like they clubs that tend to buy Real Madrid's uh, what's that? I'm trying to think of the right terminology, trying not to insult anybody, but um, kind of like the players that are in the... <laughs> I am going to insult people now. Uh, <laughs> might as well go for it. Uh, the the bargain everything. bucket, the the discount, the, the, the... You know when you go into a shop and you find DVDs in that bucket for like four for a tenner or something like that? Yeah. It's like the Real Madrid fire sale that where they're just going, mm-hmm. oh, these players will never play. There you go. Have them. And it just feels like Everton are just... They're doing it... Maybe because I'm more of a... I'm going to be a, a, an... I claim I'm an idealist. Maybe because I'm a footballing purist and you should build from the ground up. And I just feel that Everton aren't doing that and it's not going to work for them. I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think it's it, it depends if you're getting the talent in. Like, Obviously, he's, he's give... He does use a couple of the youth players, but maybe he's not coming. And you can't. 
I get where you come from. I don't think you can build a team purely based off homegrown talents. Um, like and I know there's that you know you got a, a certain amount of English players and that. Um, but even like I don't know, like I think with I with me, I wouldn't describe him as a as a top striker. I'll, I'll get I'll get to my point. If you finish yours. I don't think he's a striker. I don't think um, he's, a, he's a winger and he's playing as a striker. Yeah, that actually that's a that's a fair shout. But he's he's meant to be their gate, the 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 main goal threat, isn't he? And uh, he's meant to be that guy. But well, I just don't, Lewin, yeah. yeah, I just don't see that happening. And and I mean like um, obviously, I think the best two players to compare when it comes to success, if you take. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, when he moved to Merseyside and he moved to Liverpool, and then Theo Walcott went to Everton, and you look at Oxlade-Chamberlain, I know he was injured for a large proportion of last season, but Liverpool have made him better. Theo Walcott has not been made better by Everton. And I know he's an older player, and that is a factor. But I feel that Oxlade-Chamberlain is the player... Theo Walcott should and could have been. Yeah. And I just don't see why Everton would want to buy a second-rate Oxlade-Chamberlain when they should have just gone, let's buy Oxlade-Chamberlain. Why, why, why get Theo Walcott and just go for Oxlade-Chamberlain when he was at Arsenal? Now, obviously, that's not going to happen. Oxlade-Chamberlain is not going to jump ship to the champions to a team that won't get into the champions league. But I kind of don't see their, their transfer policy working out, but you, you take it away now. Cause I've talked too much on this. You, you take it away. Oh, it's, it's fine. I'll, I'll admit, I don't really know much of thinking myself with what they're aiming for. Obviously, I'm, maybe if, if, if we got, uh, you know, if we asked an Everton fan, they could have better insight on what, what, what can they see the, the objective is when they go out looking for a player like as I'll just you know again bring it back to Liverpool like I know that we I mean for us really we go for sort of prime you know we go for usually you know 23 24 year olds who have the right attitude in terms of working you know running as much as they can honestly I think they were looking just for a, like a pacey winger and Maybe at that point, I can't exactly remember that that was the only option. Um, but Walker, honestly, Theo Walker was, was was good for Arsenal. I think I think maybe towards the end of before he left, he, he wasn't he didn't turn out so well. Um, but it's um, it all comes down to more than just like sort of the ability to play it. It comes down to the environment they're in, the team cohesion, and everything like that. Like I, I think the reason why. Most of our signings we brought in under Jürgen Klopp was because it was the right kind of player and it fit the team. And it, he just once he'd settled in, it just worked out, and you got the best out of them. When you have, you can have all the best players in the world if they don't fit together, and they don't have the right sort of group mentality, and they don't fight for each other. You're never going to get the best out of them. So maybe that was the thing, you know, because when you look when you look at Walcott and when he's on his day, he, he was he was good. I said he was very good. Just didn't, you know, like some matches when he saw them. He was good on his yeah, day, like, but he never set the world on fire. 
I mean, to be honest, it was the same with with Everton like last season, the season four, now in recent years. Like they've been good sometimes, like when their star players have actually turned up. But too many times, it's just been average. Like they, do you remember somewhere That's last season word. they were like seven, they were seventeen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I do remember under Moyes, they 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 were struggling for a, a long time as as we were we were growing up. Um, yeah, Everton weren't the the team, and then Moyes kind of turned them into a UEFA Cup team. Yeah, and now they're, they're they not had... even that though. They're not even that though. That's the that's the point I'm trying to make. And yet they're trying to buy players that are of a caliber beyond their level to try and get to that level. But I just don't see it working out for them in that way. I think they've spent a lot of money on players that aren't going to deliver. And that's going to be bad for Everton in the long run because it's going to cost them a lot of money on wages, transfer fees. I don't, I just I don't think it's going to work out in the way that they're planning. I think it will result in Carlo Ancelotti either resigning or being sacked. And then they'll have to start again. And then they'll start with the whole kind of, well, let's have a look at how Tottenham did it and bring in a bunch of, as you said with Liverpool, 23, 24-year-olds that buy into the philosophy of how they're going to play, how, you know, create a footballing philosophy. And I don't see, don't get me wrong, I think Carlo Ancelotti is one of the best managers in the game. I think he's a fantastic manager. They're not going to get better. But they're not going to get any better better with Carlo Ancelotti. They need a, he's never going to join him, Jurgen Klopp. (laughs) They need somebody like that. You know who would be perfect for Everton? RB Leipzig's manager. RB Leipzig's boss. Their model of doing it, of buying young players and building them into a team. Heck, they nearly won the Champions League this season. He would be perfect for Everton if they were going to do... Actually, him or Poch. Yeah. Pochettino would also be very good for Everton. Poch would be good for him. Honestly, with with Nagelsmann, like he's he's one of the guys that um, I'd love to see draws after Jürgen goes. So mm. I think he would just kind of he kind of fits the mold, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of young, sort of young, sort of excitable German guy. Um, I think I think the thing with 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 Everton is that um, when the, when the what's his name, Mashiri, the new owner, well, new part owner came in. And they were like, right, we're gonna, we're gonna challenge for Europe. And then I can't remember who they had at the time. It may have been Martinez, repairs Martinez. And yeah, I think it was. They, they, were, they were bringing in players each season, and they just either weren't getting close, or they, well, they were miles off, or they were almost there. And so, but they never had belief in the managers. They kept them just bringing new managers in. So after Martinez, it was Kuman, I think. Yeah, it was Cumin from Southampton. Then they brought in the ex-Hull and Watford boss. I can see his face, but I can't remember his his name. Was it Gracia? Oh, it was um, no, that uh, was, no, Marco no. Marco Silva was there. Thank even, you. Even Big Sam was there for a while, just to kind of you know steady the ship. Yeah, but he was Big. Um, to be fair, Big Sam was only there because they were doing so badly that that it was like we need yeah. somebody to put boots up the arse of players yeah and that's what big that's what a manager like big sam does he puts boots to asses but um that's the only reason he was there but yeah i i i know i know what the point you're trying to make and i i concur with with what you're saying they're nearly they're 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 nearly they're so close but they always seem to seem to miss out um i just i don't see it working out for everton i think they've got a 
start from the ground up. But I think that building starts when they've got their plush new stadium built in the Docklands because mm-hmm. that looks mm-hmm. mint. Although, will Liverpool, will you as a Liverpool fan miss uh, having Goodison Park just across the Parkway from Anfield? Because <laughs> at least you have somewhere um, to point with your middle finger when you when you go to Anfield. Um, I'm not sure. I think obviously I have no, no real, real opinion on it. Um, obviously, average fans will go will look at our nice new stadium and try and brag it to us. Um, but Anfield is pretty impressive okay. with what um, what the um, Fenway Sports Group have done with it. They've because you, you look at Anfield from you know the Hicks and Gillette era, and you you look at that and go, nice stadium, but you can't expand it. And then Hicks and Gillette were planning to build an entirely new stadium, and then Fenway Sports Group come in and go, no, we expanded the Red Sox grounds. We're going to expand Anfield, and they've done that. And that—that's what Anfield looks like now is not even the tip of the iceberg. I've seen some of the plans from Liverpool, and oh my God, they're going to make Anfield look like one of the greatest stadiums, not just in in England or Europe, but the world. It's going to, in in a similar sense to the beauty of Old Trafford, like that is an impressive stadium. Anfield is going to be on par with. With like the beauty of Old Trafford and and the likes of Wembley as well, but um, Everton, I I don't know. I'm not. I'm kind of like, um, yeah. I don't know whether Everton are gonna gonna succeed or not with their current transfer policy. I don't know. Anyway, shall we have a break and then come back and talk talk about whether Frank Lampard's going to be sacked? And uh, we'll have a look at Chelsea, who have spent a lot of money in the transfer market. See you in a moment. Well, the Football Fan Show, and uh, it is 9.34, although it is streaming live, so it's probably like 9.35 by the time I say this, and it is actually 9.35. Uh, let's get into the final part, then we're with you for... If not finished our chat on transfers, as Callum pointed out to me off air, we'd only talked about Everton. We're going to talk about all the other clubs and who we think has spent best. And we did kind of go over this last week of who has uh, brought in uh, good players. Arsenal, I think they're they're going to probably finish fifth with the signings that they made. Willian on a free, Gabriel Magellas from Lille Metropole for £27 million. They have uh, Danny, Danny Cabellos on loan from Real Madrid, uh, Cedric Sarais from Southampton on an undisclosed, Pablo Mari from Flamengo on an undisclosed fee. So I think Arsenal, I think this season in the transfer window, because it's such a weird season anyway, that I think Arsenal are just looking to consolidate and build a squad for not this season, but the following season when things hopefully, fingers crossed and touch wood, start to get back to relative normality and we can have a normal transfer window. Although next Summer's transfer window will be disrupted by the Euro 2020, which will be Euro 2021. So it'll be weird, but uh, hopefully it'll be relatively normal the following transfer window. And they'll... Do those signings suggest to you that Arsenal are just consolidating? Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think that is the main thing. They are trying to consolidate the squad, but I think they, they knew they needed defenders. Um, obviously, they just got... Um, William Saliba, well, it's Salibor Saliba back from uh, San Etienne. He sent him back on loan there. Um, 
and you've got obviously Gabrielle and they're they kind of their future partnership I think and um, getting Sabayash back on loan was I think to be honest I think it was just okay, I think they want to get him on permanent but they just, by, yeah. by, uh, Real. Real Madrid just won't yeah they Real won't just won't do a yeah. no no they they probably want more. They probably just want a lot more than what Arsenal want to pay, so they can only have fun deals for them. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think with that, it is just a case of consolidating and uh, sort of getting a good foundation, and then when things go back to normal, you might it's go for a, the more, yeah, more expensive, expensive ones. Like, players. Yeah, because clubs, are, yeah, um, they release a. Uh, I can't remember who released the statement. I think it was the, the, the clubs association or a clubs group. That said, that uh, for every time they don't have fans in the stadium, the, you know the clubs are losing hundreds of million pounds of pounds per per match and and per season. So you you know you, you're not going to get big spending in this transfer window. I say that. Shall we move on to Chelsea, who are <laughs> who are singing "Hey Big Spender" from the rooftops of uh, Stamford Bridge? <laughs> um, yeah, they had a transfer ban last. Last last time, so they didn't spend anything. They just uh, used their youth play any millions of players, and I literally mean millions of players that they had on loan to other clubs. I mean they they could ha- they could form a Chelsea B team or Chelsea United, a second Chelsea team, just with those uh, players that they sent out on loan. I can't believe they sent out. Um, I need to say that I can't believe they sent out. Uh, was it Michi Michi Batshuayi, Crystal Palace, uh, this week? I I thought that they were going to start sticking with their younger players, and I thought he was a player that was going to be a part of uh, Frank Lampard's plans this season, but apparently not. I'm wrong on that assertion. I'm disappointed to see yeah. him out, and I'm disappointed to see that Frank Lampard may be falling into the pitfalls of using the oligarch money uh Timo Werner uh we talked about him earlier he scores a fuck ton of goals against me on football manager from RP Leipzig for an undisclosed fee amazing striker Timo Werner by the way uh Hakim Zayach from Ajax for 33.3 million Thiago Silva joining from PSG on a free transfer uh Xavier uh, Mumbaya from uh, Barcelona for an undisclosed fee I know I'm getting a ton of these names wrong but uh, we'll just ignore that Ben Chilwell uh, from Leicester from an undisclosed fee. 50, 50 million, wasn't that? Yeah, 50 million, but it does say under uh, around, yeah, around 50 million. You're right there with that assertion. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, it is around 50 million, but it is officially undisclosed. Malang Star, sorry, Malang Star joining on a free from uh, Nice. And Kai Havertz from Bayern Leverkusen for seventy-one million pounds. Hey, big spenders! Well, eh. I think I reckon that that is way too much money, <laughs> and I reckon Frank Lampard's going to get the sack by the end of the season. Ooh, big, big call. Huh? It's a, it's an Abramovich thing. I don't. I think he was bought in for a season to work with young players, implement Derby County's style of play, which was decently attacking, decent attacking football. But he spent too much money, and now Abramovich is going to go. Well, if you've spent that much money, you need to be finishing 